Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them the tools to help themselves and their businesses be as successful as possible. And I absolutely promise you that today is going to be one of those programs you will listen to again and maybe even again because it's so inspirational but we're going to have so much great information too so please join me in welcoming our guest today maxwell ivy so welcome max well hi deborah or deb i i'm really looking forward to this uh, call it's been a few weeks since i did my last interview and i find that every time i get to talk to somebody live even if it's live over the internet there's mm -hmm. just a certain don't get from texts or emails. So right. I'm really glad to probably meet you and right. looking forward to a great conversation. And we are really going to get to know you and that's going to be so much fun um, because you are truly somebody who I think many of our listeners can relate to and will find inspirational and heck, they'll just learn from. Well, I hope so. Right. Well, let me tell folks just a little bit about you. So Max Ivy was born to a family of carnival owners in Texas. That's right, you heard me, carnival owners. He started losing his vision at age four and was totally blind by the time he went to college. He still participated in the family business, achieved the rank of Eagle Scout, which as we all know is extremely hard to get, graduated from high school and college, and he started his own amusement equipment brokering business when his family's carnival business went out of business. He was encouraged to share more about what it is to be an entrepreneur who just happens to be blind. He has written two books and is, and is an award-winning author. He loves to sing and spend time with his family in Conroe, Texas, near Houston. Most importantly, Max loves helping people find their passion and succeed in chasing their own dreams. So again, Max, welcome. Well, thank you. I always enjoy hearing my interview, my introduction, excuse me, and I tell people, one of the things I tell people to do is to write their own introduction. Right. Sit down and make a list of all uh -huh. those things you've done because a lot of people just don't realize how much they've done or how many people uh -huh. they know until they make a list. Right. So, well, and it's, it's hard sometimes for people to brag about themselves. And, you know, and, and, but, but it is, it's so important, you know, if somebody were to introduce you, what would they say? And, and so I love that concept. Let's let's just give that to folks right now as homework. They are to write and, their own intro. Yeah, and to take it a little further for bonus points, and, and y'all can email me your, your answers or y'all can post them in the comments. My email is just ask at the blindblogger.net. Um, I am a wrestle, pro wrestling fan, and I admit that either I, – I admit it proudly. Some people would say it's a, <laughs> something to be ashamed of, but no. I've – following it since I was in short pants to use an old expression. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll get so I'll give you bonus points if in addition to your introduction you can come up with intro, introduction music. Ooh, that's very cool. I love that. Yeah, you know, what would what would happen, you know, and, and and of course we love that when we go to whether it's wrestling or sports. I'm a, I'm a big uh, college sports fan especially, but you know, like baseball games. You know, when the hitter gets up there, his music is played. So yeah, what would your theme song be? Well, you know what, Max? What is your theme song? Tell me. You know, I uh, I like the uh, theme from the first, uh, oh, crap, what was the music, the movie where uh, 
where the guys were, were competing with each other, who would be the last one on earth that would have to take the head with the sword. What was that movie? Uh, uh, um, oh, uh, uh, Highlander. Highlander. I yes. like the music. I like the music from the Highlander. You know, I have no rival. Yep. Mm-hmm. I have inside me blood of kings. You know, that was. Ooh, good, you know, good. I, I kind of like that song. That's one that, that will come to me often. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Well, and sometimes one of the cool things about your theme song is it, it can help you. Uh, you know, when you're getting right, maybe you are a professional speaker. And you know you listen to it right before you get out of your car, or before you go give a big presentation, or maybe before you go ask your boss for a raise, or you know do something that might be a little out of your comfort zone. Having that theme song is kind of that little oomph that you need. So think about that, folks. I'm serious. We want to know what your theme songs are. Yeah, I'm not like a lot of people when I when I when I give up my email address and, and encourage y'all to email me. I don't just say that because it's something that everybody else might say or do when they come on a show. Because mm-hmm. I, I honestly like, I, I, I feel like every time I meet somebody, whether it's online or in person, it's an opportunity for something amazing to happen. And you just right. never know where those are going to come from. If you eliminate people because you think, well, they're not going to hire me or they're not going to do business with me or they're, they're, not, going to, they're not interested in something I'm interested in, then you cut off this whole huge group of people that, could have been great blessings to you. So mm-hmm. when I say, you know, I want to hear what your what your intro would be and what your music would be, I actually would love to hear what answers they come up with, either in the comments section on your website or in my email. Great, great. You know, and, and I think that is something that is so important is we do forget, you know, that, that we need to be continually making connections. And sometimes it's not even your connections that's are, that are important. It might be their connections. And so never limit yourself. Um, you know, yes, there are the creepy people of the world that, you know, we don't want on Facebook and on Twitter. You know, we're not talking about those people. We're talking about great business or personal contacts. You never, ever should think, Ugh, you know, I don't know about them. I'm not going to connect. You know, the, the worst that can happen is you have to disconnect. This is true. This is true. But um, I will give people a perfect example. I, I One of my business, you know, I do two things. Besides coaching, I help people sell amusement equipment. Mm-hmm. And uh, over the years, I have gotten calls from people whose numbers were unknown or blocked. But because I deal with people in the carnival world, I generally answer the phone anytime the phone right, rings. Because it might be I a cell always, phone number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I can, even, if, even if it doesn't show up, I can always press in call is the way I look right. at it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I found out that I won that award that you mentioned earlier, the Amtrak Writers in Residence Award, mm-hmm. they called me up to tell me about it. The number they called from was blocked. It was unknown. If I hadn't answered that call, I might not have known for a day or three days or a week later. Or you never can tell with a competition. That if what? I hadn't answered that call, they may, have, they may have went to the next name on their list. You just mm-hmm. don't. Uh, right. but, you know. But there's an example where I feel like, oh, it gets creepy. I can always press end call, and with mm-hmm. smart after you hang up, you can always go block their number. Oh, definitely. You know, and and you're right. We we shouldn't pass up those opportunities. And oh, I admit, I am one of those people that if I don't recognize the number, I let it go into voicemail. Um, you know, and and almost always they don't leave a message. Now, you know, sometimes it uh, more than likely was a wrong number. But you're right. Yeah. I mean, how many opportunities have I missed out on just because they went to the next person on the list? Yeah, yeah. 
it is it is a it's a it's a tough it's a tough balance to, to figure out uh, mm-hmm. how how open and accepting to be and and when to protect yourself and defend yourself and keep and put up and put barriers up on your time and your exposure. So it's a it's a hard thing to figure out. Me, I'm one of those people that I am, you know, very open and uh, generally will 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 answer the calls. Whereas mm-hmm. other other people who don't want to go to the voicemail if they want to talk to me more if they're serious they'll call back so you mm-hmm. know it's just, it, it all depends on who you like for example um my blog one of the things people talk about with my blog posts is that you know max uh you share stuff that most people would not share online most people are not that open and that uh uh that out there on the internet where people can read their their words and their thoughts and stuff and you know that's me. I, I tell people I don't know how not to share, which is mm-hmm. which is a good thing in the internet world. It wouldn't be it wouldn't have been a good thing twenty years ago, but right. it's great nowadays. There are other people though that you know they just aren't comfortable, and that's their personality, and they have to be true to their personality. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Well, and you know by sharing that information, whether it's you know a little or a lot, it's how we connect with people. And, you know, and, and I think that's one of the things that we've gotten away from in a lot of ways because we've become such an online world. You know, a lot of us are home-based businesses. So, you know, we're doing good if we see the mailman, um, you know, and, and, and we have shut ourselves off. And so, you know, using social media in particular is a way for us to reach back out. And it's funny, that's why I initially really got involved on, on Twitter and on Facebook. You know, I, I do home office and, you know, for people who either meet me, you know, or, you know, have known me for a long time, I'm clearly, you know, a shy and retiring person. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and but so I need human interaction. I mean, you know, that it, that's for me, that's that's just very important. And so social media is a way for me to have that interaction with people, to to know that there's yeah. a world I, out there. And you know what the the great thing about social media, about the especially about bloggers and podcasters and radio show hosts like yourself is they are generally a very friendly, supportive, encouraging group of people. Right. And like if you are somebody started that's working from home and you don't have family that understands or supports what you're doing and you don't have you don't have neighbors that you know and you you're comfortable in your house doing everything from behind your laptop you can still make some really close friendships over the internet mm-hmm. and like for example i i have a here in Houston i Houston people don't understand that Houston is a big spread out city Houston it's about is big 90, mm-hmm. about 90 miles across at its widest point there's 4 million people here I have one of my best friends is Adrian Smith, who uh, you you may have heard of as the blogging blog commenting superstar. I meet her online. We got to know each other. We're really good friends. She lives in Houston, but she lives on the other side of Houston. Right. Mm-hmm. Years later, we still haven't met, but she's mm-hmm. one of my best friends. And I think that that's one of the great things about the internet is you can make these really deep personal connections over the internet, mm-hmm. which. I know there are people out there who say that isn't possible, but I would have no problem trusting my friend Adrian with the password to my website. You know, I've got, and I've got friends like that all over the world. Mm-hmm. I've people in Australia and the UK and Canada who I feel like uh, I know them and trust them. And, you know, uh, when I, when I have questions about what I'm going to do next to my business, 
several of them, I trust them to the point where I go, here, here's what I'm thinking about doing. You know, do you have some, do you have some suggestions or reservations or comments? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just amazing how you can build a circle of, of friends. You can build your own small community of people through the internet mm -hmm. worldwide who can support you and encourage you. And that's really critical when you are working in isolation because that's, right. you know, said in your house, the only guy, the only person you ever see is the mailman. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot of people that are working in isolation who have a hard time staying focused and motivated and avoiding the depression that comes from not not having people and in a lot of cases not having a lot of success with what they're doing and those mm -hmm. are really, it's hard if you don't have somebody you can talk to who will build you up or at least keep at least keep other people from tearing you down and those those early days i mean in the early days of my website i had uh i had several people who said you know considering that Selling amusement equipment involves handling a lot of photos and videos. What's a blind guy doing selling carnival rides? And, <laughs> right. And, and uh, my first website, I designed it by my, well, my brother designed it. Then he got mm -hmm. a high-paid job. He had to quit. And so uh, I had to take over running the website. When I first started working on the website, I, I, I thought, okay, I'll pick some colors that are mine. I'll make this site my own. Mm-hmm. For people who don't understand, um, as a blind person, you can't use what you see as what you get. Right. You have to, no, WYSIWYG it, does not work. Does not work, exactly. So I had to use, I had to hand code HTML, and in HTML, you pick colors based on color names or color numbers. Okay. And I figured, well, I do, I've got no way of knowing what color goes with what number, but I know what names go with what colors. I, mm -hmm. I had vision when I was a kid. I had crayons and colors. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. Uh, I said, okay, the background will go with yellow because people said yellow looked good on the on the games in the Carnival Midway. Mm -hmm. And go with some blue text and some red links and, and orange for if they've clicked the link so they can remember which links they've already looked at. Mm -hmm. uh, not knowing that the yellow I picked was, uh, what was the one person described it as? Eye screaming yellow. Oh, dear. Oh, a little bright. And, uh, <laughs> and, the blue was um, was navy, and the red was brick, and the orange was fluorescent. And the pictures on my homepage were different sizes, shapes, oh. and solutions. And um, you know, uh, nobody ever really said too much bad about the website. I mm -hmm. think they're afraid of. Well, they didn't want to hurt your feelings. Exactly, exactly. But here's the, but here, but here's two things. One is. Uh, we used to joke that that uh, Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder could have had an argument over over this website. The homepage was so bright. <laughs> uh, but the thing I the thing I remind myself and and I I, I keep I keep forgetting to send that screenshot to host. I need to send. I want to send it to you just so you can look at it before mm -hmm. you post because I keep the screenshot from the old website. The website's been much improved since then, thanks to help from some from nice people I've met online. Mm -hmm. uh, but the thing is, the website was gaudy. It was, it was god awful to use an expression. Um, but I didn't concentrate on the website or what the website wasn't. I just just focused on helping people sell their rides, which right. meant writing good descriptions, getting them to send me as many photos as possible, mm -hmm. out email after email after email, making phone calls, and with that, let's say uh, junky or awful website. I was still able to sell some pretty nice equipment. I sold mm -hmm. a, a simulator to a guy in Australia that was a $50,000 ride. Which, well, that's not a lot of money in the used carnival ride market, but it made me happy. Right. Um, mm -hmm. 
but the, the reason I the reason I keep the screenshot, the reason I'm telling the story now is way too many people that are in in the early days of their online business, they get so focused about their website, about making it perfect, and they mm-hmm. don't do the work to start uh, to start making those connections and right. get those clients. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, I'm not good enough yet. This is this doesn't look right. It needs to have something else. I need a new webmaster. I need a new form. I need a new font. I need a new theme. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, and, they, and we do. We think, perfect. oh my gosh, it's got to be perfect. Exactly. Exactly. And they get into that perfectionism, and it let and they let that keep them from doing the work of. Telling people what they offer, helping people solve problems, and starting to attract people to them that will be clients. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and uh, you know, I, I fall victim to that, um, <coughs> excuse me, especially when I started blogging. Because I would tell people, you know, you have to blog, you have to blog, you have to blog. You know, it gives you fresh content for your website. It gives you things to post on social media, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they'd say, well, where's your blog? And I'd kind of, you know, stare at my shoes and go, uh. Because every time I tried, I wanted it to be perfect. And, you know, it, and it took me a couple of years. And finally, somebody basically smacking me upside the head before they said, it's never going to be perfect. You know, you need to just get it going and then improve on it and make changes as you go. But if you don't start, you're going to get nowhere. Exactly, and and I, I wish I had kept screenshots of my website as it progressed over the years because, mm-hmm. you know, like that, you know what you were saying just then. It's per, that's the way you have to do it because, in the first place, nobody knows it all. Nobody right. has skills, and if you did know it all today, the way the internet and life changes, it will change tomorrow. So, right. uh, but you know, so and the other thing is, is I I just I just hate this. This, this myth, this lie that's out there that you are supposed to do it all by yourself, that mm-hmm. it's a sign of weakness to ask somebody else for help or for information. And to me, that's one of the biggest lies going. And I'm afraid that a lot of the, a lot of the podcasters and radio show hosts that are out there, especially the really, the ones that are successful making lots of money from it, mm-hmm. they don't show people their staff. You hardly ever see the people that help them. You hardly ever hear right. them talk their producer or their mm-hmm. uh, their social media person or you know one of the guys I like is uh, is Venner is that Steve Venner the, the the jab jab uppercut guy oh right mm-hmm. yeah. I, one of the things I love about his podcast is every so often you'll see the entire crew is in the show with him and I, I love I, it I love that because so many people want you to think they're the only people there they're the they're the Wizard of Oz you know mm-hmm. that they're they're in total control of everything, and they don't have anybody, don't need anybody, don't want anybody. And I just mm-hmm. think those people do a great disservice to the people, especially in the early days of, of any business, because they think, I'm supposed to know it all, I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be able to do it all. And I think in this area, being blind gives me a great advantage, because right. I grow up from a point of view of people telling me, Max, never be afraid to ask for help, because mm-hmm. they'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. And as a blind person, there's only there's only one thing you get told more than never be afraid to ask for help. It's always look at the person you're talking to. That's the only thing you ever get told more than don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh-huh. But I finally came up with a way of saying this, and I think that it's I've been told it helps a lot of people because it turns the whole issue of asking for help around. Mm-hmm. And here's what I tell people. When you fail to ask or when you refuse to ask for help, 
you are robbing the other person of the joy that comes from helping another person who can do nothing but say thank you. Right, right. You know, and, and I, it's so funny. So, you know, I, I want to mention your book right now because of what you just said. Um, so your book is, and one of your books actually, is called Leading You Out of the Darkness into the Light, A Blind Man's Inspirational Guide to Success. And I actually bookmarked the page that you just mentioned. And I only bookmarked two. So, you know, it, it was, it, and it really was because, you know, we do have this thought, and, and you know, we've all said it, if you don't ask, the, the, you, if you ask, the least they can do is say no. You know, and, and all of those kind of little pithy things. But I really love that concept that you just mentioned, that, you know, by not asking them, you're denying them the privilege of helping people. Now, they still could say no. I mean, you know, and then no skin off your nose. You go on and you do something else. But how many times have people been waited to be asked? You know, because they didn't want to, um, they didn't want to give the impression that you needed help or, you know, that you couldn't do it on your own or, you know, all of those various things. And so they were literally waiting to be asked and we were too afraid to ask. Um, you know, and, and so I love that concept of, you know, if you don't ask, you're, you're denying them that privilege of being able to share their knowledge and their, their superpowers. You don't know how big a smile I got right now hearing you just uh, totally take that and, and, and re-explain it and just do it better than I could have done it. But you're oh, right. no, you did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, and, it, you know, it's, it's like a lot of things in life. It's a lot of problems people have is because they're focused on their point of view of the situation. If you can find a way to turn it around and see it from the other person's point of view, then it makes it a whole lot easier. And that's mm -hmm. one of the few things that I, that I, that seems to really resonate with people. This whole idea that if you, if you don't ask, then you're robbing them. And you are right. So many people, uh, they, they've got 20, 30, 40 years of experience. They've got multiple degrees of education. They've got street smarts. They have stuff they want to offer to people. They're just waiting to be asked. Right. Right. You know, and, and it's interesting because one of the things that you talked about in that section in the book is the fact that we ask for other things. You know, we ask, you know, where should we get our haircut? Who's a good dentist? Where do we, you know, all these various things. But then when it comes to our business, somehow we do think that we can't ask for help. You know, it's going to make our business seem less or make us seem less. And, you know, it doesn't. You know, it, it, and, and now, you know, it obviously sometimes depends on how you're asking. But, you know, it, Asking on Facebook, sure, the whole world's going to know that you need a new web designer or whatever. But it doesn't mean that you are any less good at what your business is. It means you're smart enough to ask for help. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things I learned about Facebook and Twitter as far as asking for stuff is that if I post on Facebook that I've got a new ride with me, mm -hmm. and here are the pictures of that ride, I might get a couple of people that'll share it and uh, maybe five or ten people that'll comment this is if I don't post it to like 30 something groups after right. I mm -hmm. profile that's a whole other kettle of fish um, but if I just that's what I'll get for posting a listing but if I post put the picture on the front page of my website and then I post on the Facebook I post something like this I just added a new photo to my website would you please let me know if it uploaded properly and what it looks like Oh, my is, gosh. Is, is this a ride that you would think about wanting to ride? Is this something your family might think they want to own? 
Mm-hmm. And when I post that exact same picture and, and equipment listing with that with a question, uh, then I get 20 or 30 shares, and I'll get several people who will write back and tell me, Max, it's fine, or Max, it's too big. or too. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's just by, by posting it as a question as opposed to posting it as an announcement, I get a whole lot more mm-hmm. action from that same listing, that right. same content. And it's funny because it does seem like people in many cases think they need permission. Um, you know, when when I did finally get over that hurdle and start blogging, nobody'd comment, nobody'd comment. You know, I felt like I was the tree falling in the woods and nobody knew I fell, you know, and all that good stuff. Yeah. And then I finally said, just the simple little, please post your comments below. And they started commenting. I mean, that field had always been there, but it wasn't until I gave them permission, in essence, that people really thought, oh, okay, she, she does want us to comment. Yeah, and that's, you know, what they call the CTA or call to action in the, mm-hmm. in the big boy word. Um, but, but you're right. You, you have to, you just have to make it clear. That's one of the, that's, that's probably the main reason that went into my, to, the, to how I picked the email address for the web, for the website where I do the coaching and speaking was, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, maybe if I come up with an email that lets them know that I actually want to hear from them, that they'll write me. So, uh, the email address is just ask at the blindblogger.net. I thought that mm-hmm. would work, and for the most part, it does. It seems like people are more more friendly. But um, I would like I'm like any blogger. I would like more comments. I would like more interaction. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think with bloggers, comments are like cash in in the real world. You, right. You never have enough money. Mm-hmm. You know and. I love the fact that, you know, that you are so upfront about the fact that you're blind, but it's not this overriding thing. It's just part of who you are, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and I love that because absolutely none of us are perfect and we all have things that we have to overcome and, you know, but it, it really helps to read your books and read your blogs and, and things like that. To know that, you know what, it's okay to, to ask for help and to say, you know, this this is what I need. This is what's going on. And and to know that, you know, it doesn't make you any less than anybody else. Um, you know, and, and but it, that is where it's inspirational from you because, you know, you have overcome so much. Um, you know, you talk in, in your book about the fact that you were overweight and now, you know, and, and the struggles that you had with that and now you're healthy. I mean, that's the big part is you're healthy. You're at a healthy weight. Um, you know, and, and in fact, you've even written a, another book about how to, to lose weight. But, you know, you don't hide from any of that. And so many people are so concerned with what are they going to think about me that we don't share those things with people. You know, I recently heard what I think is the best explanation of this topic uh, on an episode of NCIS of all places. Um <laughs> They were doing an episode about some guy who was trying to commit suicide, and one of their people was trying to talk him off the roof. And the, mm-hmm. the, this NCIS agent w- was actually their pathologist, so he was not a trained oh, agent. I saw that. Mm-hmm. And he said, it, and you'll probably remember what he said. He said, you know, the problem with Facebook and Twitter is there's no B-side. Now, for people who don't remember this, back in the day, we used to listen to records on phonographs with needles. There'd be two sides to the record. The front mm-hmm. side with the label would have a good song. 
Right, it, it had a popular a song. song. Mm-hmm. It was called the A song. The backside would have a horrible song that they just put on there because they had space they didn't want to just do nothing with. Mm-hmm. And some, in some cases, the B side was actually offensive. If you ever flipped to the B side of Otis Redding's sitting on the dock of the bay, you would get your mouth washed off with washed out with soap. Just oh dear! Back when I was a kid, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he pointed out that in Facebook and Twitter, there's very little B side. Everybody's mm-hmm. positive and the happy and the great stuff. Right. Don't share the bad stuff. And. A lot of people, not only do they just share the good stuff, they share the good stuff in a in a bragging uh, way. They look at me. Whereas there's a way you can post that stuff and still maintain your modesty and your humility, mm-hmm. which is one of the right. things I strive for in my posts. And, uh, but, yeah, I admit when things have been bad. I admit when I've had stretches where things – and I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I'm probably about – 35 pounds over my ideal weight in the last year. I've got, I've had, I got, I got shingles a year ago on my birthday, actually. Oh, oh. That took three months to get rid of. Mm-hmm. After that, I got a couple of other infections that they think were, were like playing whack-a-mole with the infection. But mm-hmm. right. when you, when you don't feel good and you don't exercise and you, and you don't eat like you know you're supposed to, you put on, you, you go back up a bit. So right. you fall into kind of those bad habits. Yes, you, you, you do stuff that you know you're not supposed to do. Well, I'm about 35 pounds above where I should be. Uh, I'm not I'm not unhealthy at this point, but I'm not where I want to be. And I've I've in the last few weeks, I'm finally getting back to where I can where I'm exercising at least at least four days a week. If you know, not I'm not back up to every day like I like I mentioned in the book, but I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel it's important to to share with people when you have those mistakes and when you have those failures because I, I recently thought you know it's not the failure that hurts you it's being afraid to fail that'll get you in trouble right you know and we're all human you know and and so we have things that go wrong you know you you gain a little weight you um you get fired from your job you know you you have relationship issues all of those things and as long as we're not falling into the TMI realm of you know really telling way too much about it it's okay you know and 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 it's it's interesting um one of the chapters in your book that really resonated with me was the one that said Find, and, and, you know, I want to explain a little bit here to, to folks who haven't read the book. And, you know, please make sure you you read the book. It's, it's a great book. But it, you have uh, tasks for people to do and you know, before the next chapter. And so one of them was, you know, what is the most negative thing that has happened to you or, you know, a negative thing? And what were all the positives that came from it? And that truly resonated with me, you know, and, and, and it's funny because, you know, so many people, they don't even want to think about those negatives. And then they, you know, and, and then, of course, if they think about the negative, it's like, oh, oh, you know, oh, this was horrible. This was awful. No, you know, there, somehow there's been positives. Um, and so, you know, people who have listened to my program for a while know that um, about 18 months ago, I was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Now, you know, yes, that's horrible. That's awful. I looked at the doctor and said, I'm sorry, that's not in my schedule. Um, and <laughs> things didn't go well. That you was, know, I, that was yeah. the answer, though. I know. Yeah, I'm like, excuse me. You know, that, that, I didn't have that penciled in. Um, and, you know, things didn't go well. I had some complications. Huh? The nice thing is, you know, things are on the, the up and up now. But, you know, it's like, what, what were the good things? Well, you know, I went a whole year with really saving money on hair care products. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, 
I lost so much weight. Entirely new wardrobe. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a very, and, and I am a different person. You know, I look different. Um, you know, I, I've lost a lot of weight. So whole new wardrobe. I mean, what woman wouldn't think that was the greatest thing in the world? Um, you know, and, but more importantly, I have developed some friendships and connections with people that I never would have developed if it hadn't been for my diagnosis. And that is truly the most important thing. And, and it has made me rethink about, you know, what I want to be when I grow up, kind of that, that whole thing. But, you know, so, so I encourage people really do take those negatives and what were the positives that came from it? You know, what, what were those things that, you know, you wouldn't have had if it hadn't been for those negatives? Yeah, I'm going I'm to tell a little story here that isn't in the book because it's a good story. Um, when I was about 15, I joined a scouting troop for visually impaired scouts in the Houston area. Mm-hmm. The first scouting I went on was a, was a scout fishing trip hosted by the Houston Bell Telephone Pioneers, which is a mm-hmm. group around the country that would uh, support blind people and other people that were from disadvantaged areas and take them on, on, on outings. Well, they took us on a fishing trip every year. My first trip, uh, I'm in a boat for the first time. I'm wearing a life jacket for the first time. I don't know how to swim, but I'm, I, I, I know the guys that I'm with, and I trust them. We're out on the lake half a day. We're catching fish. We've got a co- I've got a cold drink in my hand. The day's going great. Uh, the boat starts to take on water. Oh, no. Uh, they had to, they, we, they had, we ended up uh, the boat full of water, us in the lake. And having to have the boat towed in, Ooh. having to having to slog through mud and getting mud all over our shoes and our pants to get out of the boat onto the onto dry land, and so we're we're out of the fishing the rest of the day. But the guy that was our our guide, who's just had his boat towed in, uh, I was told he lost a thousand dollars worth of rods, reel, and and tackle just in the in the event. This guy had every reason to be, you know, just totally bummed out. He's mm-hmm. like, no, guys, um, I think we can still catch some fish. And he took us over to the dock. He taught me and my friend Scott Pate how to cast. And we, we never caught a fish, but, you know, we spent the whole day thinking we were going to. Right. And having a great time. Exactly, yeah. And having a great time, uh, you know, learn, like I said, we learned how to, learned how to cast. Um, we learned how to bait our own hook. You know, it was a good afternoon considering, you know, I don't think it gets much worse than losing your boat. <laughs> I know, I know. You know, and, and, and you know, there is always the, the thought process of it could have been worse. I mean, you know, there, there are those things. But, but yeah, you know, it's, it is about turning the negatives into positives. And you do talk about that a lot in your book. Um, you know, and, and we're, holy cow, we're ha- past the halfway point already in this program. And I, you know, we just started. This is going to be so much fun. Um, you know, one of the things you talk about is kind of along those same lines, how to stay motivated. Um, you know, because we do have setbacks. So talk to us, Max, about how to stay motivated when things aren't going the way that we want them to go. Well, part of the problem with motivation is that people are waiting to have the big party for the big event, for the big goal or dream. They're waiting, mm-hmm. you know, they're waiting to lose the 35 pounds so they can fit into their ideal swimsuit or go to the class reunion. They're waiting until they make their first big sale or until they get that promotion. They're waiting until their business makes X amount of dollars before they celebrate what they're, 
before they celebrated accomplishment. You know, some people mm -hmm. got a bottle of, of champagne sitting in their closet waiting for, uh, you know, whatever event to happen. Mm -hmm. So one of the big things you can do to stay motivated is to always celebrate the small accomplishments and victories that happen along the way. And, right. you know, you have to figure out what are good ways to celebrate, uh, you know, an, an accomplishment. Now, for example, mm -hmm. I know that Starbucks coffee is not good for me. The reason, There's a lot of sugar and caffeine exactly, in there. Exactly, exactly. And it's hard to order anything in there that's just plain coffee. There's just right. temptation involved. Mm -hmm. but, but when I when I feel like I've had an especially good week, I will, instead of drinking the coffee here in the house, I will get my nephew to take me to Starbucks and we'll get a small Starbucks. You know, it's, mm -hmm. um, I, if if something really cool happened, then I like to I, I I consider sharing good news with other people an accomplishment. So Facebook mm -hmm. and Twitter can be a celebration. Um, Sometimes it may be buying a new shirt or a new pair of shoes. You know, it. You just have to decide what is what is uh, a good celebration for you based on your budget, your mm -hmm. your personal habits. But you have to celebrate those small accomplishments. Like uh, I was, I was okay. I won't say I was just as happy when I sold a three thousand dollar train as I was when I sold, you know, a hundred thousand dollar carousel a few years later. Mm -hmm. But. I celebrated that three thousand dollar train as if it was as as if it was a brand new train, you know. Right. Um, um, a few months back, I got a new client for my online media services, where I'm helping this lady getting booked on radio shows. Hmm. I get just as excited when I hear her doing an interview as I do when I do one, and mm -hmm. you know, sharing her with other people. There's a real good feeling that goes with it and you just have to treasure those you have to take time and and go i did something good and i've come up with an expression for this too and that is a a, and a, a good a vision board doesn't work without a gratitude border oh oh i like that yeah so you have to think about the things that have happened be thankful for them celebrate them and if you if you do this with the little things, the big things get there a lot quicker because you don't have so much down drought time between mm -hmm. the start of the journey and what you see of, as the end of the journey. And of course, it helps if you don't see an end. And that's one of the things I have learned. Right. I, I I've been really surprised by myself along the way, and you know, it's not really a surprise that my theme song has become "The River" by Garth Brooks because. When I started 10 years ago, all I wanted to do was help people sell carnival rides. I started mm -hmm. the site, didn't know anything about the website. Then I started to blog. Then I started doing videos. It seems like every time I did something, it gave me the confidence or it opened me up for somebody to come along and say, Max, you know, have you thought about doing this? Which is mm -hmm. how I right. book. It's how I did my first radio interview. It's how I did my first webinar last week. And it seems like once you start taking those small steps, in a different direction, in a direction that's more in tune with who you are or who you're going to be, the more stuff opens up. And one of the best questions I've ever been asked uh, last year, a woman said, Max, can you think of one word to describe you before you started? And I would say that's easy. It would be, it would be, it would be tunnel vision, which I'm not sure if that's only one word, but I'm going to count it as we'll one. We'll call it one word. I think it's a compound word uh -huh. because, because then I thought of myself as a carnival owner and that was, that was who I was. That was all I mm -hmm. really wanted to be. 
and they asked me, well, what, what one word would you use now? And I said, the, the best one I can think of is panoramic because it seems like everything is wide open. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's one of those things that comes by enjoying and celebrating the small steps along the way. And in the beginning, they're going to be, even the small steps are, are not going to be every day. You know, that's just the way it is. It's, it's, uh, you know, it can be really hard in the beginning when you're figuring it out, when you're learning stuff, and in a lot of cases, those learning, those lessons can be painful in those early days. They can also, mm-hmm. they can also be costly financially and emotionally, as you know from reading the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, which reminds me, the book is now available on Audible. So if people, pre- if people prefer to, to listen as opposed to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can get it on Audible, leading you out of the darkness into the light, a blind man's inspirational guide to success. It's only about two hours long on Audible, but the thing is, is you need to pause at the end of each section and do the exercises. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's. Uh, I have been told by people who reviewed the book, Max, it's not a big book, but it uh, it delivers a lot it's of powerful, mm-hmm. a lot of life changing advice in a in a in a small book and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I was writing that book, I was actually afraid to send it off to my editor, and I was afraid to get it published, and I kept asking people, you know, is the book big enough? Is there enough stuff in it? Is it long enough? You know, is, are people going to be mad if they pay me, you know, five or ten bucks for it online, and it's 82 pages? And I finally got a woman a woman from California. She's a good friend of mine. She's a coach. Another one of these people that I talked about how you can meet online. She read the book, and she said, Max... I know, it's the perfect size, she said, because mm-hmm. I can carry it in my purse. And she said, you know, ah. I know you sent me the electronic version. She said, hopefully you're not going to be mad at me. Her name is uh, Kelly Jackson. She's a coach in California. So I'm not hoping you're not going to be mad at me, but I printed it out. I've been carrying it around in my purse for the last couple of weeks. So uh, she said it's the perfect size because it mm-hmm. fits in a purse or a briefcase, and you can turn to whatever chapter you need to turn to and carry it around with you. I'm like, well. And then she did... Then she said the thing that really, really closed it for me. She said, Max, I know who your editor is because you've mentioned her in a couple of blog posts that you had her edit for you. Uh, she also helped me figure out why my photos weren't showing up right on the blindblogger.net. Um, mm-hmm. She said, I don't know who your editor is, and if you don't send it to her, I'm going to. <laughs> so she knew it was ready. Yeah, she knew it was ready, and she basically dared me. And that's, the, that's another thing I've learned over the years is that there is nothing better than to have a good friend who will double dog dare you because then you get stuff done. Right. You know, and, and it is something that I think, you know, we, we mentioned the isolationism that a lot of business owners have, and, and they need a person to share that with, you know, and, and maybe it's that their, their goal is to launch their website or to begin blogging or write a book or do whatever. And when we're just, you know, ourselves and we're sitting here at our little desk and, you know, there's only the cat for company, it's really easy to get discouraged, to not make deadlines, to, you know, to to find lots of other things to be doing. But the second we've talked about it with somebody else and kind of told them, hey, my goal is to do X, then you're accountable, you know, and, and, and they need to be the type of person that's going to say, hey, you know, have, have you done this? Because if you haven't, I'm going to do it for you, you know, and, and, or, you know, they, they are going to be the people who hold you accountable. And, and then it becomes real. You know, it's not just the, I'm going to do that someday thing. It's, Ooh, if I don't, they're going to get mad at me. And, you know, that's a, that's another place where, where social media, where, uh, where online groups 
can really come in handy because, mm-hmm. you know, if you put something out there and you say, I'm going to do this by a certain date, there are going to be people who are going to go, you know, I thought you said you were going to do something. Um, right. You know, this this happened to me recently. I, I told people I was going to have my next book edited by February 14th. And mm-hmm. uh, come March 1st, there were several people who were like, Max, uh, when are we going to get to buy your book? And I'm like, well, right. buy my book. Uh, you get to buy my book when I finish editing it. And they're like, well, you're supposed to have done it already. Yes, I know. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, a couple of things about an accountability partner. One, it has to be somebody that you actually uh respect and want you know you have to right. find these people you have to want them to help you uh the second thing is 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 i think it really helps if occasionally you can visit with them via phone or skype or zoom or some sort of platform where you can hear their voice i think that mm-hmm. no underestimating the value of of talking to somebody voice to voice or face to face when you're looking for accountability Right. Well, speaking of accountability, since you haven't sent your book off yet, I want you to tell folks what it's about so that we can all be nagging at you. Well, I, ha- I have sent the book off. I <gasps> Yay. On, let's see, what is today? Today is the 5th. I sent it off on the 27th, I think it was. Um, okay. It's with my editor, Lorraine Regulie at wordingwell.com. and. Mm-hmm. While it is a plug, it's not an affiliate plug because I get no money for recommending her. I just love her work, and uh, she makes she makes my good she makes what I write so much better when it comes out on Amazon and CreateSpace and stuff. So I'm, I have mm-hmm. to get her name and her website in. Uh, so it's with her, uh, including having a cover created for it. It's going to be end of June or first of July. It will actually okay. be available for sale. It doesn't have a name yet, so if any of your listeners have, a, after after I tell them about it, if any of your listeners have a good name for it, they're more than welcome to suggest that. I'm thinking of uh, live, living your life like no one's watching the blind bloggers crazy solo trip to New York City. That's what I'm thinking of, but I don't think that's Ooh. right. I like the first part. I think the live, you know, that's kind of a takeoff on Satchel Page thing about what mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's watching. Um, I recently found out the. I recently heard the rest of that quote, and uh, it's uh, it's dance like nobody's watching, work like you don't need the money, and love like you've never been hurt before. That's actually the full quote from. Ooh, nice. Yeah, much as if the first third of it wasn't good enough. The rest, right. was like you know, he crushed it. Um, but yeah, the, what happened was I won one of the Amtrak Riders in Residence last year, and when I won it, I said, "Well, what the heck? If I'm going to do this, I'm going to go where I want to go. I'm not going to do the what should I do or what shouldn't I do thing that most people would." And so I said, "Okay, I'm going to go to New York City, and when better to go to New York City than uh, than during the holidays? It wasn't mm-hmm. a, it wasn't a white Christmas, unfortunately, but you know, it's not like I came back with a lot of photos. So and but I would have liked to have gotten to play in some snow. That just didn't happen. I know. You Texas guys. Yeah. <laughs> we like to play in the snow for maybe five minutes, and then we went uh-huh. back. Yeah. And then it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, then we've had enough for the next 10 years. Uh, but the, here's the thing about the book. Um, I talk about, in the book, I talk about what I was feeling and thinking when I applied up to what ha- how I felt when I won. Because mm-hmm. this started from a point in my life where I was feeling very, frustrated with the fact that I was what I thought stuck behind my laptop 
mm-hmm. not getting out and meeting more people. So I sent this application. I'm thinking, well, whether I win or lose, at least it's something I can say I did to get moving. Um, right. And uh, never thinking I would win. As a matter of fact, when I read the previous winners of this thing, I, I actually hummed the music from the Sesame Street song, which one of these is not like the other. <laughs> because I'm reading profiles of people who have 10 awards or who have, mm-hmm. you know, they've got it. They've, they've had plays produced off Broadway. They're, you know, you just read their accomplishments and I'm thinking, but you know, this is, this is one of these things that I do all the time. I, mm-hmm. If I don't feel like I've got a chance in heck, it's not going to stop me from pressing sin because that's just, that's just how I am. My, my dad always told me that if you don't ask, they can't say yes, and I can't right. apply that to filling out forms. So I sent it off. They picked me. I go to New York City, and in the book, I'm, you know, I'm talking about uh, why wasn't I more afraid. I talk about where the money came from because Amtrak just covered getting me there and back. I still had to purchase clothes, food, find a place to stay. Uh, transit in around New York City isn't cheap. So, you know, I had mm-hmm. a lot of money to come up with, so where the money came from, uh, I shared my experiences actually on the train both ways. Um, but, I, you know, I, there's there's some commentary. There's, some there's, I think, some great advice on for people who, you know, are maybe thinking about trying something crazy, but they're, you know, still, still stuck in fear. So as... As uh, I was reminded when I left and started writing this book, Max, you are a motivational, inspirational, self-help author. You are not a travel writer, so mm-hmm. it's not a it's not a uh, twenty best places to visit while you're in New York City kind of book. You know, it's a it's a book about about my life and the experiences and what I think people can learn from the experiences, uh, both before and after. And there's a there's I think there's probably two or three chapters in there about fear because not when you're, I don't know if this is just because I am blind, uh, but it seems to, it seemed to me that because I am blind, not only did I have to uh, have to step out and, and face my own fear, I had to deal with the fear of all the people around me and all the people I know on social media. Mm-hmm. So, you know, addressing that and, you know, how to, how to stay positive during that, you know, some of those things, uh, that and just like I say, in addition, some commentary on New York. Which, by the way, I'm from Texas, a state that used to be known as the friendliest state in the country, and I was very impressed by New York and New Yorkers. Uh, there was only one time during the entire two and a half weeks I was gone where I uh, was was disappointed by not not being able to go somewhere I wanted to go. And but for the most part, if I if I needed directions i got them if i needed somebody to lead me to the next train bus or or door they were there would be three or four people <laughs> offer i mean uh in one week i had a i had a cabbie try to give me his umbrella huh. i had uh two two blokes from england pay, uh just figure out that they couldn't get me they couldn't get me a cab or an uber so they put me in they well, you can't throw a guy who's 6'4 and 280, but they pretty much put him into a pedal cab and slapped some money down on the, on the driver's bicycle and told him to take me to the Gershwin Theater where I was going to see Wicked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that happened to me all the time in New York. Um, so I was very impressed. You know, some of it, 
could have been the fact that I'm blind. Some of it could have been the fact that I'm uh, I'm Texan. I got the accent going for me. Uh, I prefer to think that it's because because of two things. One, I like to do things with a with a smile and uh, and asking nicely, and most of the time that seems to mm-hmm. work. The other thing is, I expect I, I expect to meet good people, and right. I think it all comes back to who do you expect to meet? What do you expect to happen? And people, mm-hmm. you know, while it doesn't always turn out the way you want it to. It, people who expect good things to happen, who expect the best out of people, generally get it more often. Mm-hmm. And uh, right. so, you know, and and I love that concept because one of the things that you talk about in your book, and and we've got just about five minutes left, is <laughs> that I know, holy cow, you know, we could go on forever. Um, but you know, you talk about stop surrounding yourself with negativity, whether it's negative people. Negative, shall we say, Facebook posts. You know, oh, I'm just so tired of all that stuff on Facebook. Um, you know, negative programming, negative reading, you know, all those various things. Because it sucks the, the positive energy out of you. You know, and, and I definitely discovered that uh, through my illness. Was, you know, I needed as much positive as possible. And so, you know, I just, I don't want to be around negative people. You know, now I'm not going to just, you know, walk off and, and be rude or something, but I get myself out of that situation as fast as I possibly can. And I don't allow myself to get sucked into it. Now, do you on occasion? Sure. I mean, you know, we all have our little pity parties, but you know, it really is about if you surround yourself with light and with positivity, that's what comes back to you. Right, and in and then the times we've been living in for the past six months, especially, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better with uh, yesterday's vote on health care. Uh, I think more than anything right now, if people want to take just one thing out of my book that will really help them, it's this: I only watch a half hour. I only watch an hour of news a day. Mm-hmm. I to the local and the national, and then I don't take in any other news. I don't go to right. YouTube news, I don't go to sports news, I don't uh, turn on talk radio, because I just don't have enough gas in my tank to spend it on stuff like that, and I'm telling mm-hmm. you, especially when times are, are fractious like they are right now, where mm-hmm. it seems like you're either for or against everything, regardless of what it is, there is no you know compromise in the middle ground, it's, everybody is either right or wrong, left or right, whatever. It just seems mm-hmm. like with things so so split in this country right now, if there's one thing people could do that would really help them move forward, it would be don't watch the news any more than enough to, to, to stay current with what's going on because if there's mm-hmm. a war breaking out, you do want to know that there's a war breaking out. Right, right. Or a flood or bad or weather. Or exactly. you know, all those Bad things. weather, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Those, those are some exceptions. You want, you don't want to be uninformed, but you don't want to be inundated either. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's one of those things that's a, a really important thing. You are right. We only have so much energy in our bodies, in our minds, in our, in our uh, spiritual lives, and we can't waste it on these negative people because I'll tell you something about those negative people. You can't change them, you can't fix them, and you no. can't make them positive. Mm-mm. No, you know, and, and, and you know, they, for whatever reason, that's just the way they are. You know, and, and you're right, you can't change them. Um, you know, and, and all you're going to do is frustrate yourself if you try to do that. Yeah. 
And so since we only have like a minute left, if y'all want to check out me, I'm at theblindblogger.net or on Twitter, which is my, uh, I'm at Maxwell Ivy. If you want to check out the carnival stuff, it is entertaining, but it is distracting and it is addictive. It's over at, <laughs> it, it's over at midwaymarketplace.com. Um, you can use the contact form on either website. I love meeting new people, making new friends. If you want to send me an email, don't worry about it. Don't think about it. Just do it. And in, in your everyday life, don't wait for it to be perfect. There will, no, there will not be a perfect time or a perfect uh, situation. Just go ahead and put yourself out there. Stick your hand up and say, hey, it's me. It's my turn. I'm ready. I can do this. Or stick your hand up and go, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Would you please help? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and we mentioned at the start of the program, we had homework for everybody. And I want you to either post in the comments on social media or, you know, email Max. We asked you to write your introduction and then tell us what your theme song is. So, you know, we, we want to know that. I really want to know that. So you need to, to send it to me, too, because, you know, hello, we're being accountable here. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite introductions was when David Rafe called me the, the, the blind terminator. He said, ah. he said, because, you know, Max, you just never seem to let anything get in your way. He said, you just keep moving forward over, around, under, through, whatever. I said, well, you know, that's kind of the way I've always done things. I do at least one small thing a day, and then I do mm -hmm. it better, or I do more tomorrow. And, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes what I'm doing doesn't work. Sometimes what I'm doing works better than I, what I thought it was. Uh, I still don't know what the heck I'm doing. Uh, I, I get up every day hoping I'm going to figure out what, I, what the heck I'm doing. Well, that'd be uh, boring. Yeah, um, and that's that's one of those things. You know, too many coaches tell me that I should pick one thing and just go with that one thing and, you know, like maybe do the coaching and speaking and give up the midway stuff. And I'm like, that wouldn't be any fun. I know, I know. Simple, it'd be too easy, which, uh, which, by the way, since this is coming out on the 15th, I will be speaking in Philadelphia slash New Jersey at a thing called DreamCon. It's in South Squeezeboro, South Squeezeboro, New Jersey at the Holiday Inn on May on May 20th, there's a meet and greet on May 19th where you can come for free and talk to the blind blogger if you're in the area. It's going to be on Saturday the 20th. It's going to be an all-day experience of people like Max Ivey, the blind blogger, sharing inspiration and motivation to help people go after their big goals and dreams. So uh, it's 65 bucks, which I think is not a bad price for an all-day thing considering right. what some events would charge you because the host, uh, Joe Pardo, wants to help as many people as we can, but still, like everybody else, he does have to pay the bills. Mm -hmm, so, but mm -hmm. Go over to superjoepardo.com, or you can go on theblindblogger.net and find out about the event. It's going to be my first ever public speaking opportunity in ah. front of... Well. So, so, you know, y'all could be part of history here. Y'all could be part of... Uh, of, of you could be able to say, hey, I knew him when he was nobody. I know, and, and I know that you are going to rock it. Oh. You are really going to do well. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be an adventure. And that's why I know, that's why I'm not afraid of it. That's why I agree with you. I know it's going right. to be great because I'm not looking at this as I've got to be great. I'm not looking at this as I've got to be uh, President Clinton in, it, in his best years, you know, because he was a great speaker. Mm -hmm. oh, yes. What do you think about his politics? The guy was a showman. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Osteen's another great example of a showman, even though he's a preacher. 
but I know it's going to be great because I'm looking at it as an adventure. And that's another, yes. that's another yep. thing people need to remember is sometimes it's not about the result. Sometimes it's not about how many people buy something. Sometimes it's just about doing it and saying you did it, you were there, you experienced it, and you got everything out of it you could get. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's going to be great because it's going to be an adventure. It's going to be fun. And the, uh, something I learned from doing podcasts and radio shows, you can have a bad interview. You can have a bad radio show, and you'll still get at least one person who will go, you know, you said this, and it really affected me. So that's mm -hmm. the thing. I, you know, I, so I'm not worried about the speech. I'm actually worried about a talk I'm giving the day before because uh, when they when uh, – the guy who's hosting this deal, Pardo, he volunteers at a place called HopeWorks. And when mm. he found out that because I'm taking the train again, hey, go Amtrak. Uh, since he found out I was taking the train again, I was going to be in the city a day or two early with not anything to do. He said, you know, Max, uh, they would they would really benefit from from hearing you talk at this place called HopeWorks in Camden, New Jersey, which is one of the mm -hmm. most dangerous cities in America, by the way. I just I found that out after I agreed to go. Oh, dear. <laughs> He says, don't worry, Max, you'll be safe. I'm like, okay, as long as you say I'm, I'm, I'm not going to worry about it. But, uh -huh, uh -huh. but but here's the thing. These are young people who have had, you know, they come from a bad neighborhood. Many of them come from bad families. They have been going through the training program at this place called HopeWorks, uh, and the, the, the goal is to get them jobs in the uh, businesses that run our online world, and they've been very successful at it. They were voted the top uh, nonprofit agency in the state of New Jersey in 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, and so these are young people, and as as my as my new friend Joe Pardo says, you know, Max, you're like the definition of the person these people need. These kids need to be exposed to. So I'm actually more worried about talking to these young people at HopeWorks the day before than I am the the public talk at uh, DreamCon on the 20th. But it'll be mm -hmm. it'll be it'll be an adventure, and I guarantee you, and I'll guarantee anybody else who's thinking about speaking or going on a radio show. I guarantee you I will learn more than they do. Right, right. You know, and Max, this has been an adventure, and it has been so much fun chatting with you. I can't wait to do it again. So, you know, when, when you've got the new book out, let me know. We'll be happy to have you on again. Um, for folks to find you again, it's theblindblogger.net. The primary book is Leading You Out of the Darkness into the Light, A Blind Man's Inspirational Guide to Success. The links are on uh, Max's website as well as you can find him on Amazon. And Max, this truly has been a delight. So thank you very much. You know, I have really enjoyed this. I, I also enjoy the fact that you shared some personal stuff that I wasn't aware of. A lot of hosts wouldn't have done that. So thank you very much for doing that. Uh, I've had a great time. I can't wait to do it again. And as soon as the book is, as soon as I get the book back from Amazon, you will be the first person I call. Yay! I love it. I love it. Well, I am Deb Creer, and to everyone out there, have an absolutely fabulous day. And remember, we gave you homework, so we expect to hear from you. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>